We each hold a unique place in this world, complete with our own dreams, culture, and perspective. It is the individual stories of those I meet along my journey that shape the way I see the world. I'm so excited to share these stories with you, and I hope they allow you to fall in love with humanity as much as they have for me. Welcome to This World My View. I'm your host, Liana. Today, I want to introduce you to Chris. Chris is the other half of uh, Hacker Valley Media that um, you guys got to meet Ron on uh, the last episode. And um, I have the honor of actually getting to, to share with you guys two parts of, um, of a really cool team that I've got to meet here at Podcast Movement. And uh, Chris is a really awesome person. Um, you're going to get to hear a little bit about his life and who he is. But um, yeah, over that overall, as a human, he, he's really friendly, got a great smile, and just uh, a warmth that I, I feel draws people in really easily so I'm excited to share share a bit more of who he is and get to know him a little bit with you guys today so Chris thank you for being here thanks for having me can't wait to to jump into this and I can't wait to hear Ron's episode (laughs) I'm excited I'm excited to have you yeah so I have a list of questions I work through with every guest they're all designed to getting to know you um, your perspective your view of the world there's no wrong answers so it's you so yeah easy it's not a test you're gonna fail Um, but yeah we'll dive right in and answer as you feel led let's do it cool first one is who do you define yourself as I would define myself as a creator at my core uh, but I would also say that I'm a father I'm a provider creator technologist a businessman um, a citizen of the world I would mm. say I'm a lot of different things I tend to look at people as 3d objects rather than 2d uh, so yeah I would say I'm a lot of things that's cool. I like that. Multi-dimensional. <laughs> <laughs> Next one's a little easier. Um, what is your favorite food? Uh, my favorite food in the world is pizza. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Any place in particular? Uh, I love New York pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, John's on Bleecker Street. That's probably uh, my favorite pizza to date, but uh, yeah. All right, good call. Yeah. <laughs> I've been known to make a drive just to the city for pizza. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Are you reading anything right now? I'm reading a couple things. Uh, story by Robert McKee. I okay. just wrote my first screenplay. And uh, yeah, so I'm learning the, the tricks of the trade. I kind of put the cart before the horse because I wrote the <laughs> draft first, and now I'm reading story. Uh, but then also there is a book that I'm reading now that is all about uh, production, like podcast production uh, that I really, really like. Uh, it's actually a reread, uh, which is uh, Make Noise by Newsom, N-U-Z-U-M, I believe it is. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's probably my favorite podcast book. Okay, that's cool. I'll have to maybe read my first podcast book. That's probably yeah. a good idea. Yeah, that was the first one I read. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. I'll, I'll take note of that for sure. Uh, what would you say is your greatest fear? My greatest fear is probably not being able to provide as a dad. Hmm. Um, I would say that a lot of my initiative, a lot of my risk-taking is based on being able to provide security for my girls. Hmm. And um, yeah, not being able to provide for them would feel like my ultimate failure. Hmm. Yeah. How old are your girls? 14, seven, and about to turn three. Oh, you are, yeah, all the girls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I understand that. That's cool. Oh, that's fun. Um, on the other end of that, what would you say you value the most? Uh, I would say I value, um, it's kind of like a two-pronged answer. Uh, I would say freedom and time. Hmm. Freedom to move 
freedom to be with people that you care about, freedom to take chances, try new things, freedom to go places in time. Because I feel like there isn't a lot of time because we dedicate a lot of our working or waking hours to maybe working for someone or even if we're an entrepreneur, still working for our customers. <laughs> uh, but I would say uh, time is super valuable and the more quality time you can create in your life, probably the better. Hmm. Yeah. I. I can agree with that a lot for sure. I like that you drew those two together too. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool. When was the last time you felt joy? The last time I felt joy. I mean, I, I've been feeling joy uh, pretty often these days. Uh, being able, even just sitting here having this conversation with you is really mm -hmm. incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, I, by going into podcasting, going into entrepreneurship, I get to meet really cool people and we get to do stuff like this. So I would mm -hmm. say right now, but even before this, I was just, uh, at a lunch meeting with some folks and we, we were just spitballing ideas and uh, w that creative process, like just thinking about what if uh, or imagine if, mm -hmm. those are my favorite moments in life, so. Yeah, it's really cool to be able to be like, this is something I'm passionate about and I mm -hmm. love and I enjoy and uh, that creative part of who you are, for it to just right. be able to come out and, and be surrounded by like-minded people is a, mm -hmm. it's a neat experience, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's a pleasure to share that, so oh, thank thanks. Um, when was the last time you were afraid and why? Hmm, the last time I was afraid. Um, I would say the last time I was afraid was, wasn't too, too long ago. I would say maybe six months ago. Um, it just seemed like everything was kind of falling all at once. We had a lot of things going on at our house. Uh, the water heater went out and there was uh, water damage. So then we had to replace our refrigerator and the, and the HVAC system kind of went kaput. And we had just moved uh, relatively before that. So I had to dump all the money that I had in savings in order to get out of my old house. And uh, I, I honestly felt like for the first time I was about to just run out of money. Mm -hmm. Just in that short amount of time but uh, one thing that I would say is my, my personal superpower is taking something that is a dream and making it a reality. And so I, I told my wife, I was like, I have 30 days to kind of figure this out. And I just did some maneuvering and closed some deals that I needed to close. It just kind of lit a fire under my butt. Mm -hmm. um, but I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to provide for my, my family. And uh, we pulled it off. Hmm. We pulled it off, and not only that, we ended up even better on the other side. Was able to pay off like student loans and stuff like that, even though they just came out with the student loan forgiveness stuff. <laughs> I, pro I probably am above the, the uh, salary cap, but even so, it was still it still felt good to take some of that burden off of us. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, it is that like that thing that you. Uh that you fear of not being mm -hmm. able to show up for your family in that right. way is yeah. when we're faced with those moments of like, oh crap, what am I gonna do right. with this? But mm -hmm. it does, it lights that fire where we're like, okay, well I have to figure you, it yeah, out. You gotta make it happen. So you just do, mm -hmm. and that's that's cool. But Did you say that there's a moment in your life that changed you or taught you something? Several, <laughs> there were several, several moments. I, I also kind of think of myself kind of like software, you know, 2.0, 3.0. I would, I would say I'm probably on like my fourth or fifth iteration of, of who I am. Uh, but I would say that first big change was probably uh, my divorce uh, mm. from my first wife. Mm. Um, I would say that moment kind of changed everything because I was pretty much at rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you're at rock bottom, you either stay down there or you, you build the grit to, to climb back up. And mm -hmm. sometimes the strength you build on the way up is pretty palpable. Mm -hmm. And um, 
it, ga it gains momentum. And I feel like I've been kind of riding off that. I would say my fuel has changed. Mm -hmm. uh, my fuel used to be, uh, oh, I'm going to show them. Mm -hmm. uh, but now it's like, I'm going to inspire people. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really switched to a, a nice clean fuel, which I'm happy about. That's cool. And you, you bring up something that says that your fuel is now fueled by you knowing who you are mm -hmm. and sharing that and impacting others as opposed to like, I'm trying to prove a point or I have something to prove or people aren't valuing me. It's like, there's so much that I'm seeing in you just in the way you've communicated that, which is really cool to say like, yeah, I've stepped into who I am. Mm -hmm. And you used the word superpower earlier. And I love that Ron had a similar, uh, which I'm sure comes from both of you together and right. the, the, just the use of that word. And yeah. I think that was cool. So oh, I love you. that. Yeah. Um, so you have known me for not long at all, but not long at all. <laughs> <laughs> what is something you think you and I have in common? Um, we care about humans. Hmm. We care about human beings. Um, uh, it's funny, uh, the, in your signature block, you even have like, hmm. you know, human, the word human in there. Uh, I think that we tend to forget about other humans a lot. I think that even with like social media and, and other platforms, even though it's bringing us together, it's just another way for us to also kind of like pull us apart as well because I think we start to lose empathy. Mm -hmm. We tend to forget that there are people on the other side of that tweet that mm -hmm. might, might hurt their feelings. Mm -hmm. uh, we tend to forget, even in like the workplace, uh, sending an email, writing a message, writing an email, or even having a conversation over Zoom, I think that we tend to forget about the human, that there's an entire human. It's just not what I see right now. Mm -hmm. You have to go home, you might have a family, you might have things that are going on, you might uh, might be not thinking about how am I gonna pay bills, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think the more empathy that we can have um, as people, the better, and I think that you understand that because mm -hmm. I think you understand people. Mm -hmm. No, I, I see that in you as well. And it is, it's an honor to share that, um, to share that with you. And it's cool to hear just the bit I've had to, to get to know a little bit of your story and your background um, and just how you, you do value others and you do value humanity in that way. So it is, it's a pleasure to share that with you. It's cool. But what is something you are looking forward to? The future, always. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking forward to seeing how my business grows because uh, we're, we're always like in flux or dynamic or changing, new ideas, always doing the next thing. Uh, but one thing that I'm really looking forward to is, uh, I would say in my family, uh, we're all going through a lot of growth. So my oldest daughter, 14 years old, just got to high school, mm -hmm. which is crazy. Like I have a kid <laughs> in high school. Uh, she just made the basketball team, never played basketball in her life, uh, but she made the team. And so she'll get to grow with, with some girls and uh, make memories. Uh, my middle child, she's doing the most right now. Uh, she's really, really big into technology and she's been in the coding camps. Uh, but one thing that we were seeing is that uh, she needed to build a little grit. And so uh, one of my backgrounds is martial arts. And so we put her in, in jujitsu. And mm -hmm. so even though it's hard, she enjoys it, which uh, makes me happy. I'm not gonna like force her to stay, but I think as long as she's having fun and building some of that has been amazing. Uh, my youngest daughter, uh, because I think partially because of COVID, but I think it also just be who she is as a person. She had some speech delays. Uh, so being able to see her like work with a speech therapist and, and continue to get better and communicate has been awesome. And then my wife, my wife also works at uh, Hacker Valley Media. She, uh, before doing it, uh, before this, she was a marketer, but for the last year and a half or so, uh, she was a stay-at-home mom, really focused on uh, making sure that Mia was good to go before we sent her off to school. And uh, she came on board and became one of the best 
podcast producers mm -hmm. I've ever I've ever seen. I, I have some heavy hitters that are friends in the podcast space and they have a hard time finding producers. Mm -hmm. uh, but seeing my family grow and change like really, really makes me happy. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how they change in the future. That's really cool. Yeah. And it's really neat. Like, um, yeah, especially with kids, you start to feel like, oh, there's like who I am has this multidimensional like care and excitement and joy for like that person as mm -hmm. well. And, and your wife as well, like that family. That's really it's really neat. But um, on the other end of that, is there anything you wish was over already or maybe didn't exist in our world today? Oh, there's so many things. <laughs> um, Things that I, I didn't wish uh, existed. Uh, income inequality hmm. is, a, is a big one. I feel like everyone should have access to shelter and clean water and, and food. Um, the fact that we have people that don't have access to clean water or shelter, even like in the country like uh, the United States is beyond me. Mm -hmm. So I, I wish all of that was over. I believe that kids above all should have all of their needs met because it, you're not going to be able to, to persevere or do anything great or it's going to be harder to do that if you don't have your like needs met your your base human needs met mm -hmm. and I mean that's everything from the shelter the food the water uh, all the way through love and connection because people don't do well on their own so when they feel marginalized or ostracized then they, they don't, you tend to become the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely, yeah, if we're lacking uh, just basic health, safety, um, food, and a shelter, uh, we're not able to worry about the next thing. And then if we're lacking love and community, we're not able to, to be our best creative self to see what we're capable of because we're, we're worried about just meeting that basic need. So yeah, yeah. would be a better place without that, without that lack mm -hmm. for sure. But. What would you say makes you feel known and valued? I would say uh, the stuff I've been doing lately. Hmm. Uh, I, I felt largely invisible, probably my whole life. And um, when I started podcasting, it was the first time where I started to feel seen by people. Hmm. And um, I have this thing where if I create something, I, I want to show someone. And I work with an executive coach and she was like, you know, why, why do you think that is? And we kind of figured out that it's because it's, it's a part of my core emotional conflict, which is uh, not being valued or not being seen as being valuable. And I think all people are valuable, but I don't think everyone looks at everyone else as being valuable. And so by not being seen is, is really, really tough for me. It's basically how I lived my life. But I feel like now, especially now that I'm using a fuel that's much more clean, uh, now that I'm looking to inspire and, and inform and empower people, mm -hmm. um, I, I feel seen in a way that I, I never thought would be possible. So, No, that's really cool. Yeah, and I think you bring up like in that like, everyone is valued everyone has value but mm. often we can really struggle to sometimes see that in ourselves and be like and be mm. reminded of that and be like yeah of course i do too and, and right. when we see that we're like okay i can step into yeah. this <laughs> mm -hmm. and stop letting the things that i'm allowing my choices to be impacted by that that distant thought that i don't maybe register is there as much but right. yeah that's that's cool thanks for sharing that mm -hmm. but um so we are in dallas and i believe you are from not Texas, I want to say. So I, I live from, here You now. live in Texas, yeah, yeah. okay. And we yeah. did chat a little bit about that. But mm -hmm. uh, where do you call home? And what makes it home to you? 
I would say I, I call it Dallas home now. Um, I moved around a lot, uh, moved a lot when I was a kid, and then I joined the Marine Corps, so I moved around a lot. So I've been kind of all over, but I felt like I owed it to my girls to let them grow their own roots mm -hmm. rather than having them move around all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm a little late for my, my eldest, but you know she seems to be doing okay. Mm -hmm. So definitely uh, want to do better for my, my two younger girls. Let them have a house that, like, this is home. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, I'm calling it home because it's my girl's home. That's cool. Yeah. And, uh, and thank you for your time and your service for this country and the military. Absolutely. But yeah, that's cool. Yeah. The stability of that for kids is, like you're saying, for mm -hmm. kids to have those basic needs and that, and that stability is a huge part of that. So I'm yeah. glad you're able to give that to them. I'm sure they are too. Yeah, they yeah. love it. Um, what is something you wish you didn't struggle with? Um, something I wish I didn't struggle with is, I'd pro it, it's probably a toss up. I would say uh, on a financial side, I, offensively I'm really well. I'm not very good defensively, mm. like handling the blows, handling uh, cash flow uh, from my personal uh, perspective. Uh, I think I'm getting better. Uh, I think I, I sort of, over index on the offense to, <laughs> to support my lack of defense, uh, which is done all right by now, but uh, we're, we're definitely looking to get a, uh, like a financial planner to help us like kind of get things into alignment. Mm -hmm. uh, but the other thing I've, I've pretty much struggled like with my weight probably my entire life. Uh, now I'm doing okay, but uh, in the, the, the heat of COVID, I was uh, over 300 pounds. Um, mm. And so uh, I've had to work my way back down mm. to, to my fighting weight so I can uh, keep doing the stuff I love to do. It's cool to have those things where you're like, okay, I identify what I want to do better in, mm -hmm. and at least I'm aware of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in that vein, is there anything that you used to struggle with, but maybe don't anymore or have grown in? I think I used to struggle with my identity a lot. Mm. Um, I used to struggle with my identity quite a bit because uh, my dad's white, my mom's black. And so kind of part of that core emotional challenge is I never really felt completely accepted in either mm. side. Uh, but that also made it difficult to be accepted by kids at school because it wasn't like there was a lot of uh, kids that were mixed. So I was pretty much uh, on my own a lot and I struggled with just being myself, like mm -hmm. being who Chris is at his core. So I just felt like I had to put on these masks mm -hmm. to be something else for the, the people that I was in front of. But mm -hmm. I feel like through podcasting, through building companies, through being a leader, I've, I've grown into myself. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really appreciate who I am today but I used to struggle with it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you really appreciate who you are today at school. I'm glad I get to meet this version of you. Um, mm. But yeah, that's, I mean, culturally within that, there's there's a demographic that changes between one and the other and to feel um, not fully a part of either, um, I'm sure as a child that that's yeah. complicated and it, it plays a large role in, in, in us just saying like, where am I supposed to go? How do yeah. I, mm -hmm. how do I fit into this? I'm not fully here, but I'm not fully there. And mm -hmm. I think your, your polling before of the word human mm -hmm. um, speaks to that a little bit and how you, you get to see others now because of that experience that maybe wasn't as good as it could have been uh, of feeling fully present or right. fully belonging um, allows you to say like, yeah, we're human. Mm -hmm. and we're all connected. Yeah. And I think that's, it's a really good quality that's come out of maybe a challenge in your life. So that's really cool. But Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a, a list, but um, what is something you are confident in helping somebody else through or with? I would say uh, believing in themselves mm -hmm. uh, is probably one of the things that I have in spades. 
Uh, if you ask my wife, uh, <laughs> I, I'm probably one of the most audacious people that you'll probably ever meet. Um, I just say, you know what? I could do that. I could do that. And it's like, Chris, you've never done that in your entire life. I'm like, yeah, I know, but you know, I, I think I can give it a go. Um, but I, I would say that talking to people and like really helping them figure out like what their, their strength is, uh, helping them with figuring out what their purpose is, is something that I've, I've just had a natural knack for. And then I did do some like coaching training, but I don't like coach for fees or anything like that. I just like helping people. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say that I could help them like figure out like, like where, where is your strength? And then you can like rest on that. Like, cause that's, that's the foundation, understanding that superpower and your purpose. And then everything else is easy as long as you have that as a touchstone. Mm -hmm. No, I, I couldn't agree with that more. It's like once we are confident in who we are and we know what we want and, and what we're here to do, mm -hmm. uh, everything else stems easily from that. And, yep. and being somebody who has the answer for that for yourself, uh, it does. It, it, it stems easily to help somebody else do that. So that's really cool. And I love the, I love the audaciousness and, yeah. <laughs> and the confidence of like, yeah, but honestly, I feel, I feel similar. Like, well, why not? Like, yeah. what's the worst that happens? It yeah. doesn't work. And I try again. Right. Or you get to say like, yeah, I told you you couldn't do it. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> maybe you're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one's a little fun, but um, if I were to give you two thousand or $10,000 and two weeks to spend it in, mm -hmm. you can't give it away. Okay. What are you going to do with it? Mm, ten thousand uh, dollars. I would do something nice for my family. Hmm. Like I would do like a little like weekend getaway. Mm -hmm. Probably go do something. Maybe nice a uh, hotel resort or something. Mm -hmm. Just kind of disconnect because we get so caught up in the the day to day. Mm -hmm. um, we we have not been doing great from a family vacation standpoint. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, that's what I would do. That's cool. All right. Well. If I win the lottery anytime soon, I'll let you know. It's the most disappointing part of this. So right, I don't right. actually oh, have that for you. I was going to get it. <laughs> um, is there anything you wish you could say to somebody you love that maybe they're not in a place that they would receive it as you intend it or hear it uh, for the heart that you have for it? And uh, don't tell me who. So. Right, right, right. Yeah, I would say to the person uh, that you are loved hmm. and you're not by yourself. And to not push everybody else away. Hmm. Yeah, those things that like I think apply to so many of us in in both ends of that. Whether we're the one hearing that, mm -hmm. or we're the one wanting somebody to hear that. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so if you're listening, I'd say, yeah, hear those words coming from Chris. <laughs> come from a genuine place, I believe. But yeah. Um, on the other end of that, is there anything that would be hard for you to hear about yourself from somebody you love? Um, I would say that it it would have to be something not true it would have to be something that uh was a miscommunication mm -hmm. or a preconceived notion that just wasn't true mm -hmm. um anything that i do that is a part of who i am like a weakness or maybe sometimes i, I have like uh, my my oldest daughter calls it jerky jokes sometimes <laughs> like i do that the jerky joke thing uh but uh yeah, and I mean, sometimes it could hurt people's feelings. If someone was like, hey, that, that really hurt my feelings. Oh, yeah, absolutely, I'm so sorry. Like, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't internalize that. But when people say, oh, either, like, Chris is out just for himself or Chris mm -hmm. doesn't help anybody, mm -hmm. uh, I feel like that doesn't represent who I am. And so for people to have that mm -hmm. that that concept or that, that image of me in their head, that that I do not like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it feels like they, they missed who you were. Right. And you... Either, whether it's like a crap that I misrepresent myself mm -hmm. or did they just not see me either way it's not a pleasant feeling for right. sure yeah yeah definitely what would you say makes you feel at peace what makes me feel at peace is 
I don't know. Some, I think sometimes, I wouldn't say ignorance is bliss, but I would say letting go of everything mm-hmm. brings peace. Because, I mean, there's a lot that you can worry about mm-hmm. across the board, whether you're talking about personal or you're talking about socioeconomic, political, there's just so much that's going on all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to run out of things to be upset or anxious or nervous about. But I, I think what brings me peace uh, is being present right like letting go of everything even if i'm like worried about money problems or worried about business stuff or worried about oh my next week is just too slammed i think just kind of like disconnecting from the machine and being present like with people that you love i think is the most important thing for peace yeah i can agree with that for sure (laughs) definitely would you say that life feels steady or uncertain for you right now um i would say neither uh, I would I would say it's not uncertain because I have direction and I have momentum, mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't say steady because in my mind, like I think of steady as like, all right, this is what I do and we're just gonna do that thing. I would say my life is super dynamics all over the place, uh, constantly growing and changing, but um, yeah, I kinda like it that way. Mm, that's cool, fair enough. All right, this is my loaded question, Got in it. case none of those were. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything you wish you could say to the opposite sex that maybe they normally wouldn't receive coming from you as a man, whether that's a compliment, mm. a criticism, or just culturally something you wish they knew? Right. I think the thing that I would say is that not everyone feels the same way about certain situations when it comes to men and women. And what I mean by that is there was a a time where I was very vocal about supporting women leaders, women engineers, women cybersecurity practitioners. Um, But there are some women that prefer just like, I'm not a woman engineer, I'm just an engineer. Mm. And that's completely fine. But if you look at, there are people on both sides. There are people that like, no, I I want people to know that I'm a woman engineer, woman leader, woman entrepreneur. Like, I'm proud of that. Mm. I not only do I do that, but I advocate for that. Mm -hmm. I've started organizations. And so I think that's completely fine. Just Mm -hmm. like I think for me, uh, I'm not only an entrepreneur, I'm a black entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So I don't see a a problem with championing or, or really indexing or supporting people of the opposite sex. I would say that it would just take a little empathy because if I don't know, you just want to be an engineer. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I do take, I do take my licks when, when I make a mistake, <laughs> but I would say that not everybody receives uh, those situations mm. the same way. Mm. No, I, I really appreciate that because I think there are within any group or minority group, whether that is women or whether that is somebody coming right. from black culture or whether that's somebody coming from wherever, uh, we can often say like, okay, well, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I'm championing you. Mm-hmm. And, and for somebody to say like, well, I don't want to be that way. I want to just right. be this because I want yep. that to be enough and I want to be defined by my gender or right. by my sexual orientation or whatever that is. And I think, yeah, it's, I appreciate that to say like, hey, like if somebody is championing you, if somebody mm-hmm. is saying something or they're not, that maybe there's something behind that that cares for you as a person and maybe understand that first and, and see the differences in that. Yeah, but. I think representation matters a lot. And even if you just identify as an engineer, but you identify as a woman, there might be a little girl out there mm-hmm. that's like, wow, I want to mm-hmm. do what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Or, or it might be, I want to do what he's doing. So mm-hmm. it just, 
No, representation yeah. is huge for somebody, yeah, for that little girl or mm-hmm. that little boy who looks up and sees somebody who resembles them and right. looks like them and says, oh, I can do that. Yep. And I think it's often that people don't realize like, oh, that is a factor or maybe they're used to seeing their representation in that space so it doesn't mm-hmm. trigger a thought for them. Right. Um, so I think it is, it's widely important, but mm-hmm. yeah, I appreciate that. So. All right. I know you're used to having people hear from you, um, whether it's across platforms or uh, you did even speak at this uh, conference here as mm-hmm. well. But um, if you were to have an audience before you and leave them with a bit of wisdom, advice or a life lesson, yeah. what would you share? I would just say uh, be kind, mm. be kind and be cool. <laughs> I think if I could have the world uh, stare at me up at a, at a stage, I would just say those two things. Be mm-hmm. kind to one, one another and, and be cool. I think we let, sometimes we let emotions hijack our thinking. Uh, sometimes we let ego hijack our thinking. So if we can kind of let go, be cool and kind to each other, this world would be pretty awesome. I agree, I like that. All right guys, be cool, be kind, <laughs> and uh, take Chris's advice there. I think that's valuable. But, hmm. Thank you. Um, what is something you wish people knew about your culture, however you would define that? Yeah, uh, what I would say is that I wish, I guess <laughs> it depends on which culture you're talking about, <laughs> but I'll, I'll take my own, my own personal culture of, of being a, a mixed person mm-hmm. uh, because I, I don't squarely feel like I fit in either camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the cool thing about being mixed is that I get to really fully embrace both sides. Mm-hmm. So I get to uh, do things that in uh, black culture, at least growing up, that they'd be like, why, why do you listen to that music? Or why do you, why do you like musicals? You know, like different things like that, or play D&D. Uh, but then I also I can really go into things that are from the black culture, because I grew up pretty much with my black family my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so being able to pull from both of those cultures and, and bring them together in a way that's authentically me, I think is, is pretty cool. So I think, uh, all the, the mixed babies out there, they, they have something cool, even though it's tough because you, sometimes you feel like you don't belong. I think being able to pull from both those cultures authentically is pretty cool. That's really neat. Yeah, and definitely a strength when you can let it be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Is there anything you specifically love about your culture? Uh, I would say I love the fact that uh, we get to, to see everyone. Um, because we don't fit squarely in, in one camp or the other, or we, we, we don't just have one culture, we have a lot of cultures. Uh, I, I've always been envious of like deep family culture, mm. uh, especially uh, my, my first wife, uh, she was Mexican, and they have a very deep Mexican culture and heritage, which I, I found fascinating. But I, I almost feel like that when you're kind of blended, it almost gives you this like freedom to kind of go into other cultures mm. like automatically and kind of like take on some of that, learn about it, be a little bit more open. I think in some situations when you're really ingrained with, it, with your own culture and you, you in your mind, you see that as the way mm. that you don't open yourself up to other cultures. Mm. So I would say that's, that's probably one of the cool parts. No, that's cool. I really appreciate that. I mm. think that's a, yeah, it's a neat take on that that I don't think I thought of. Mm. But is there anything within your culture that you're not proud of? Um, probably the loneliness. That probably mm-hmm. sucks for a lot of folks out there that, that are uh, of mixed heritage, mixed culture, mixed race. Um, it, it can be a lonely spot, especially if you don't have anyone that you can lean on or depend on. Mm-hmm. Um, that part sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
can I can appreciate that for sure. Would you say that you know what your purpose is in life? I do, I do. Uh, my purpose is to empower and inspire people, and whether that's through making content or uh, giving people opportunities or having just conversations like this. Uh, I think my ultimate goal and my like north star is to leave everyone better for having met me. Mm -hmm. And um, that sounds audacious, right? That's not always gonna be the case, but as long as that's kind of where I'm tracking, if I meet you at a conference like this and I want you to feel like, you know what, that was pretty great, mm -hmm. you know, having conversations with Chris or meeting Chris. So uh, I would say my purpose is to, to empower and inspire people mm -hmm. through content, knowing me and, and the, the, the the opportunities that I can bring to people. I think that's a beautiful audacity. I like that. <laughs> Run with it, for yeah. sure. But, yeah. Um, I don't know if you do, but do you have a favorite tattoo? And if so, why? I do. Uh, I have uh, three tattoos. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say my favorite tattoo is uh, I have an Iron Man on this side. Uh, but I guess I would have to do it in conjunction with the other side because it's very like old world versus new world. Okay. On this side is a uh, skull with a crown on it. Uh, my nickname in high school was uh, King Cradle because a cradle was like a, a move for wrestling. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side I have uh, Iron Man because of technology. And so like I bring those two, two worlds together mm -hmm. in uh, who I am, which I think is pretty cool. That's really neat. I like that. And you don't have uh, wrestling ears at all. I just so. a little touch <laughs> right here, but you can barely see it. Yeah. I do jujitsu, so I'm used oh, to okay, seeing nice. that. So yeah. I'm always like, oh, that's usually something I would have noticed. But right, yeah. Yeah. I'm a jujitsu guy too. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, what is something you've accomplished that you're really proud of? Uh, I would say being a, a strong dad, I'm super mm. proud of being. Uh, being a good husband is definitely something I take pride in. Uh, being a good leader is something that I really take pride in. Being an entrepreneur is pretty awesome. Mm. Uh, I, I try to, you know, grow that. I, I, uh, my friend, he, he, I can't take credit for it, but he called it the cool dad resume. Mm -hmm. uh, like, oh yeah, I've done that or done this. or So I, I tend to like to stack uh, the cool dad resume stuff. That's cool. Those are things that you should be very proud mm -hmm. of. And I think often we forget to celebrate that, like, yeah, I'm allowed to be proud of this. I worked really hard for it. And right. Yeah. Get to be a cool dad. That's mm -hmm. neat. <laughs> um, well, Chris, I appreciate your time so much and Thank everything you. you've um, just allowed me to get to know about you and to share with others as they listen in and get to, to hear a part of your story. But uh, is there anything else you want others to know about who you are and what matters to you? Uh, I just would say to everybody out there that uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, obviously, this is such a, a powerful platform that you have. Mm. Uh, and the way you talk to human beings, I think, is pretty incredible. also mm. love the questions. So, mm. no, I think uh, they probably know a lot more about me <laughs> than most people. So, uh, no, I appreciate the time, and this is great. I appreciate you a lot. Thank you so, so much. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you for tuning in to This World My View. Your reviews are what keep this show going. So if you have a moment, I would so appreciate you just taking a second to write a review. Anything from, I really enjoyed this, or something you took away that changed your perspective or impacted your life, or something you connected with. If you have a chance to share that on social media and tag me and the show in it, I would greatly appreciate that. I just want to thank you also for just being a part of my world and community here at This World My View.